Hello, guys. Hi. Welcome to another episode of When Football Met Soccer, where we talk about all things football on the pitch, off the pitch. Need to calm down a bit because we just finished the uh, Sheffield United versus City game, which was much more exciting than I was ever expecting it to be. Really surprised. I was rooting for Sheffield United. Of course you were. I was very excited when they scored that goal. It's a very nice goal. Uh, poor uh, Kyle Walker. So Kyle Walker's mistake led to the Sheffield goal, and it was a great finish by his name is Jaden Bogle. He was so upset. I, think I know he, was, he kicked you know the. What, you know what I have? I think he was he was picturing Guardiola, and he was like, "Fuck, I'm going to be scolded again. I cannot do this." But no. I, honestly, I don't think Kyle Walker is afraid of him. No, he seems like. Someone I don't who, think so. He seems like someone who wouldn't be able to stand up to Pep Guardiola. Actually, Pep Guardiola I, seems like a fucking actually, bully. Actually, I think the opposite. Hey, please don't slander Pep Guardiola. <laughs> I will not stand for it. Okay, so, yeah, it was a great finish. His name is Jaden Bogle, which is such a cool name. He took advantage of the opportunity because, because honestly, mind. it wasn't even planned, the assist from the other player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just tripped, right? And he kind of tried to give it to him. And I think City scrambled a bit to try to defend against that goal. And you think, yeah, Ederson, it was too no, hard for him to get. So I mean... I think it's just Sheffield United. Honestly, I am really impressed for a team that just made it from the championship. They've had such a good game and they, I think, forced City to play this way. Right? City versus Newcastle, they dominated and Newcastle couldn't do anything. But no, Sheffield United, they forced City to be a bit more offensive. Yeah, because they definitely were. And I think, honestly, I think if, if I compare just by performance and the way that they played, City played better in this game than they did against mm-hmm, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Holland missed a penalty. Yeah. That was, a, you think it was a deserved penalty. I'm not so sure because his arm was coming up when he was sliding down. So it may have been for balance. No, no, but it, it hadn't touched, uh, it hadn't touched uh, the pitch. So it's, it's, okay, it is but, a penalty. But regardless, because even after that, though, the, 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 I thought the unacceptable defending from Sheffield in the penalty box, those, crazy. those should have been penalties. Yeah. So either way, City deserved a penalty, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's fine. But, this is the second penalty I believe he's missed for City. Uh, I think City has only made two penalties out of the five they've taken, which is not a great record, mm-hmm. to be honest. For especially if they want, if for the treble winning team, maybe they should give penalty to someone else. Yeah, but who though? Because Mahrez used to take Alvarez. a lot. Alvarez. Alvarez. He's, he's, li- he's young, it- but so you know what I think. I think that this this year, based on these three games, they're not going to be like these top scorers. They're going to struggle to score as much as last year. Because defensively, people are stronger. Yeah, I you feel think? like I think it's everyone seems to be struggling to score. No, like the 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 top scorer last year, the top scorers last year. So I don't know. I mean, maybe we just played three games. So, I don't know. I feel so like I'm, we'll really I'm, I'm, making lo- I'm making a lot of judgments. I mean, just you're based pro- on you're games. prognosticating as everyone is, right? It's over. This team is done. They're not winning the league. And you know, like, oh my god, dude, please, we are sensationalizing after three games. But City's first, though, so as expected. Yeah, I I thought Kovacic was really had a really good game, mm-hmm. and he linked up really well with Guardiola, probably because they played together before. So That's true. so maybe yeah. that chemistry it was already there. So I think that left hand side. It's a, it's, well. it's a good sign in, honestly. Kovacic I, or yeah. Gordio? Both. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, honestly, regardless of, um, uh, like, if you don't look at the mistake that Kyle Walker had, he was he was really good. I think because can, he can made... We, can we say his name, like the Arabic comment? Kiel Walker. Kiel Walker. Sounds Irish. <laughs> it's just because he tried to make up so much for his mistake. And so which he was, was good. Was, yeah, and he was running constantly. He led to stuff. the second goal. Yeah, even before that second goal, they could have scored a goal, but just, I think, who missed? Like, Haaland or someone missed? Haaland and Alvarez missed a lot, but I, I, yeah. I, I, I genuinely think Haaland's misses were way 
more uh, unacceptable for mm-hmm. me because Ho- Alvarez shoots from a little far out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holland is there just to f- t- tap those balls in, and he missed a lot. And did you see his face when he scored the? F- it was just relief. He wasn't I even know, happy. I know. And but that, he, that like fucking most fan of the game, he looks frustrated. Oh yeah, he was. I, I I really think he was just he was just relieved he finally scored. I don't think he was happy. About he just it. needs to score. Like he he needs to score two three goals every game for him to not 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 be that was yeah it was honestly because he set himself such a high bar that first Mm -hmm, season it's mm -hmm. gonna be very hard to compete with that that's what that's what i'm thinking exactly yeah because last year he scored a lot and even after scoring so much i don't think people think of him as a ballon d'or contender so now this year i feel like he might he may struggle a bit more de bruyne out and uh, maher is not there so i don't know i'm I'm still not worried about city i still think city is probably such a good defender. I, I I know he made that mistake for the Sheffield goal, but he's a rock in yeah, the center. Yeah. So compare compare this defense to Arsenal's defense. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk about Arsenal a little bit. Actually, to be fair, I don't think Ramsdale is that reliable either. So because I, I think he's better than uh, Ederson. Because Ederson, yeah. he has he's works with such a good such good defenders that he doesn't really need. And and today he's been tested. He was tested a little bit more. The thing is, Ederson knows he plays well with his feet. feet. Yeah, that's compared true. To other and usually his 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 distribution is really good. Mm-hmm, his mm-hmm. assists, his distribution, they're really good. If you compare that uh, him to Becker, Becker is not great with his feet. Okay. Yeah. So the guys that being criticized him constantly. Becker. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe he doesn't like this. Liverpool can't have someone like that. This is a new new world, uh, like new type of football. Everyone needs to be able to play with their with their like feet really well. Yeah, oh, Tushin is amazing. But you see how he cleared a ball right into that Sheffield United player that almost converted Ooh. to a goal. To Ederson. Ederson. Yeah, he does yeah. it a lot. It's His fuck ups, I think, are numerous. But the problem is, a defender is not always going to be there to save his ass, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you can't rely on the other team to not be good enough to score, right? Uh, Ederson shouldn't be doing that. And I, honestly, I would not think that. You know, a Dershurgen, a Courtois, a Newark would be making those mistakes. I think, uh, to your point, it's very hard to uh, give a good judgment about Ederson because he's not tested a lot. Because City is so yeah. strong defensively and in the midfield. And they dominate that, possession. Yeah, so that he doesn't have a lot of opportunities to be tested versus Dershurgen, where Barcelona always loses it. And they like try to remember how many opportunities just last game where someone, they, they missed the ball and the other team was running and Dershurgen was able to get it. So one on one, so many times, right? Even He's even really Madrid, one on one. Yeah, even Madrid, even Madrid, like always fucks up. But you see, I just if another goal, if another team is trying to score against a Courtois or a Tushigan, I I tr- really trust them. Yeah, I feel like they're because gonna get it. They know, it's even Bono. They know how to make themselves feel big. You know, like how to make themselves. Or big. they're just good at yeah. blocking shots. Like Dude, they're good you at hate saving. Ederson. Don't think that there's another city player that I genuinely think I that is not good enough to play for them. And Ederson is, and it's not talked about enough. Everyone's mm-hmm. focusing on some of the other players, which but sometimes if you look is at the fair, numbers, but if you look at the numbers, because he's not tested a lot, he probably doesn't concede as much, and all of those numbers, right? Yeah. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. I think that overall, uh, as they said, clean sheets are not enough to test a goalie. That's why a lot of these pundits. Don't agree with clean sheets because you have to look at these one-on-ones. Like yeah, how many saves of one? I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't. I wouldn't trust Ederson. Yeah. And also, like you said, he makes a lot of dangerous passes, and maybe uh, that's the way the he prefers yeah. to play. But for Living me, living life dangerously. Exactly. But happy with the win. It was a hard-fought win for sure. Sheffield United really gave it their all. Now they're sitting top of the table, which obviously doesn't mean much. But after three games, they're top of the table. The only team who has won three games yes of okay. course as expected 
Mm-hmm. Arsenal Fulham draw 2-2. What do you have to say about this game? My God, man. Arsenal, a lot of issues defensively. Just like last year, they're really weak. They concede goals early. And um, it's it's just like they concede the early and they're the first to concede the goal. They don't score. They concede before they score. Uh, I thought they would get some like good defenders in uh, this Mercado, but apparently they didn't do it. I'm not impressed by this Ben White and uh, what do you call it? Kivior. And I don't know why Partey was playing. What is he playing? Right back or something? It's so not Arteta, an usual, essentially, I think everyone's going to agree that we have a huge gripe with Arteta for this game because he signed Havertz. And he's trying to fit Havertz into his formation. Just every week, every week, I'm going to try to find a, a spot. Yeah, so for he changed the whole formation just to fit him in midfield on the left. So White is not good as a center back, mm-hmm. uh, and so usually he would—he's a much better right back. And Partey is much better in midfield mm-hmm, with Gabriel. And and so even he's as a, even he, as a centre back, I think I don't think he would be that bad. Right, right. But he played him at, on the right, mm-hmm. is where he should be in the midfield, and. Essentially, I think he has some problems with Gabriel or something because Gabriel Jesus. No, 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 Gabriel the defender. Oh, yeah. Why? I think I, I, don't, th- I don't think he's that bad. No, he's good yeah. because if he put Gabriel and Saliba in this in this as center backs, that would have worked. That's what he with, used to do with yeah. Rice, Odegaard, and and Partey or whatever. Because now, because he they had Chaka there before, remember? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and since mm-hmm. Chaka is now longer there, you can feel the gap there. Mm-hmm. And Hav- Havertz does nothing. And he Dude. contributes. And people, On. a lot of Arsenal fans are now saying that Arteta has a lot of pride and so do a lot of managers that they don't want to be Admit. proven wrong yeah, that they so signed a, a poor player, right? Like yeah, so I, so I want to first mention that they're much slower than last year. Uh, last year, their speed was impressive. They would always like move the ball super fast. This year, they're much slower. I don't know why. Uh, and Havertz, like... I don't want to be this guy who's constantly picking on one player, but his pass accuracy yesterday was horrible. Like, there's videos around where he just, instead of passing it, he just, like, like threw the ball somewhere else. There was another opportunity where he should have scored, but instead of scoring and kicking the ball towards the net, he basically cleared it. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? So Chelsea fans are super happy. Hashtag no exchange, no <laughs> refunds. <laughs> it's like the Caicedo one. Right. So no, but this is really like no exchange. Yeah, exactly. Like, so they're like happy that they scammed Arsenal. Let's remind everyone that his move cost sixty-five million pounds. So it really eighty-three. Was a scam. So eighty-five million dollars, and he's also the highest-paid player on the Arsenal squad. Apparently, two hundred eighty thousand pounds, or like three hundred or fourteen point five million, or maybe like some other some other uh, newspaper are reporting that it's three hundred thirty thousand pounds per week. I so cannot. I cannot, for the life of me, wrap my head around what is it. With I know, Kai Havertz. I know, I know. What is it I with really this player? I really don't understand. I don't understand why... Why is Arteta killing himself and changing everyone around just so that he can fit him there? No, no, but that's what I'm saying. They were weak defensively last year. They always conceded a lot. So instead of spending all this fucking money on this player that you don't even need, right? And you already got Declan Rice... I don't understand. Yeah, like, and he he could have worked on this Fabio Vieira because once once he he's got, so young, yeah, he's like tw- he's like twenty three or twenty four or something like that, and and he only gets paid two point three. So compare two point three million a year versus the other guy, and obviously, as we've noticed last year, uh, yesterday he was he without him, I don't think they could have won. They, they could sure, have tied the game for sure. And if he start once Havertz came off the pitch, they were instantly better mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because this Vieira di- Vieira guy made a huge difference mm-hmm. and he played well with the rest of the team as well. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's maybe too early to progress, uh, prognosticate anything. 
I, but I'm not sure. What do you think? Do they, do they need a better striker or better center backs? Like, what is it? I think they need a better center back, for sure. Yeah, because last year it was, it was really bad. They would always, and we've talked about it, how many goals they conceded. So I don't understand. I don't think they have a problem scoring. They never had a problem scoring last year. Right, okay. because Odegaard and Saka Niketi, are amazing. Niketi is for me not, not, not. But it, it's enough. like it's like they're really good at scoring from outside the box with those like passes. Their wingers are good at scoring. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is but they, rare. But they, right? they they're good at scoring from outside, from a far distance, right? And yesterday Odegaard shot a lot of them, but they were just the goalie was good, and they were like a little bit just. It's exactly because Arteta comes from this Guardiola school, mm-hmm. and so. Before, when City didn't really have a full-on striker, or between Aguero and Holland, kind of right, the top there were there were no top scorers. I know because exactly. goals were it's, coming from it's everywhere. Exactly, what Arsenal, so Arsenal last year. Exactly, you're, yeah. you're right. Arsenal kind of does that. Did that too because yeah, and they you know, scored a lot of goals last year. So, but defensively they were always weak. So I don't understand why he spent that much money on that guy. And when I compare. Uh, Ruben Diaz or like Stones who also plays defense like these guys are you cannot even compare them to the Saliba I'm sorry Saliba and Gabriel like they're not amazing G- Gabriel should probably should have probably played the game but he was not amazing either so I still honestly like Saka and Odegaard a lot even though he made that mistake I think Saka is still great no, that fine. could happen People to anyone mistakes, yeah. yeah and, and it's just like they were really good Fulham or Fulham as they say as finishing was a beast in the so back. Good. So I good. I didn't ever really know about this player before, but he had an amazing game. He made so many clearances, so many blocks. Oh, so I was good. so impressed. Mm-hmm, Arsenal, mm-hmm. Without him, Arsenal would have scored way more goals. This reminds me of last year. Conceding first and always struggling to come back and last-minute goals, and you have to go to this emotional roller coaster with Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. But the, but the problem is, Fulham was down to ten men. I know, and they still have. They, they, they still, they, and they still weren't yeah. able to do it, right? So uh, it's not looking good for Arsenal. I'm sorry. I really don't want to be picking on Havertz all the time, but this is only going to be worse for him, right? Because now he's even more destroyed uh, mentally, and he now he knows that everyone's criticizing him, and the coach has to come out and defend him. You saw like what he said. Oh, yeah, he's so good. He should have just scored those those few goals, things like that. So I don't know. Clearly, he they have some like for example, if we if we just look back at the earlier game against Crystal Palace when they won one nil, it's the same kind of problems were appearing, right? Because mm-hmm. Niketia lacks finishing quality. He should have scored that pass. I remember from Rice gave him a great ball. He only had the goalie to beat doesn't score. And he also hit the pole a couple times. He should be scoring those goals, right? And then again, City doesn't score either. Like everyone, when you can, relatively, a lot of teams are not efficient when it comes to scoring i guess but i still think it's a it's a valid i'm gonna criticize holland though i i did criticize yeah yeah, yeah. Holland, no, i'm just right? saying the best team in the premier league are not that good surprisingly the most efficient one is west Ham. so yeah that's true and again saka was the highlight of the team so he's good, a leader yeah. in shots and chances created he's really I, just a honestly i honestly player. think saka and martinelli probably the two best wingers in in the world like if you forget about Vini for a little bit because this year he's okay but these three at least to me are the best winger you're not gonna count Mbappe there 
<laughs> but, I don't even know what he's doing now. But but, but but Saka really raised the bar because he was so good that people don't even talk about how good he is. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. I think he's he's an underrated player. People yeah. don't talk about how good he is enough. Even Martinelli. How many people talk about how good Martinelli is? That's true. Even less. Yeah, even, even less. less. At least Saka yeah. has the English tax there. Exactly. Going, right? Martinelli, no, nobody. Because like all these Brazilian players, there's so many of them. Everyone's talking but, but, about Rafinha. But, but, but I'm Fuck sorry. Rafinha. But I'm sorry. Marta- Martinelli deserves to start in all of Brazil's games. Of course, yeah. Like, there's he no... deserved last year. Yes, I understand he plays the same positions as Vinny, but maybe you can, I don't know, change the formation a little bit because the two of them should be playing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I agree, he's so good. And the same thing happening as Crystal Palace, I really, Kai Havers was invisible. You, like, didn't even see him on the pitch, which I guess is better than playing horribly against Fulham. It's, I think it's a problem because it's, it's kind of like a, you just, he's, he's going to keep not playing well and because of how everyone's criticizing him, it's going to be even worse and worse and there's going to be all this negative media attention on the whole team on the decision of the coach. So I really don't understand why they got him. Good for Chelsea for doing what they did. I have no problem with Havertz. I just don't think he's to the level that everyone expects him to be. Maybe he just doesn't have it. Like, look at his record. We've talked about this in the past. Maybe he's just not as good. And Declan Rice was probably a good buy. I still don't see a huge impact there either. But maybe we should talk about West Ham because clearly they are not missing Declan Rice at all. West Ham against Brighton. There were two games, right? We're going to talk about the Brighton one because it was more recent, but they also beat Chelsea. Oh, yeah, exactly. So super impressed by West Ham because two back-to-back very difficult game. And And what is the exact same scoreline, right? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't want to... I, I want to be fair because Chelsea is much better this year. Chelsea is very dangerous. They're super fast. They're, it's like they're, they're like how they were like super slow lackluster last year. This is the complete opposite. Jackson, all these young young guys, even Sterling, he sucks, but he's still very dangerous, right? So they have play, they're playing with these two teams that are super young, super fast, and they manage to win three one. It's just that they're so efficient when it comes to counterattacks. I, I feel like they they have a clear strategy, right? It's just Defend really well, counterattacks plus set pieces. And it's just an amazing, an amazing... I would say that they were even more efficient with their counterattacks against Brighton than they were against Chelsea. No, no, I think it's against Chelsea because in the first half, he changed his strategy. He wanted to be a little bit more attacking, Mm -hmm. more offensive, and that's what fucked him. And then he went back to the original strategy as well. So I think this, all this strategy mixed with how Areola is... Oh, fantastic. Man of the match... No, he this made, is this is a good goalie, right? This is for sure. He made nine saves <sighs> and five of which were from close range. Honestly, yeah, especially towards the end of the mm-hmm, game, mm-hmm. where Brighton were really going. Brighton really turned it on that last 15, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and so he were, just had to really keep turning it on, keep focused, and save Quick all reactions. of those goals. Uh, again, seventy-nine possession to twenty-one for Brighton. Uh, I just yeah, think to, that to, to score three goals with twenty percent possession and less than two hundred passes, it's it's really impressive. No, I, I think after twenty three minutes, they only had thirteen passes. Or like yeah. I, you saw that like, with the first goal. Yeah, and so I actually saw it live, but I didn't believe it. I was like, wait, is this stats correct? And the other ones had like more than hundred. So it's just that defensively they were so strong. Zuma, I always thought he was great def- defensively. I think he's the captain. He should be the captain if he's not. Emerson was really good. Uh, Ogbona was okay. He was supposed to replace Agard, so um, that he was okay. Who was suspended from his red yeah? Who was suspended from his red card? I still think Paquera is great. I know you don't like him because Paquera is so good defensively. He always comes back, comes back, creates chances, and he defends. The whole team defends. Even Antonio defends. Like the whole squad. 
And I want to talk about Antonio because I have no faith in him. Whenever he gets the ball, I'm so frustrated with him. But he just finishes those crazy finishes like the last. He's the, had some really, really dude, the last nice finish. Finishes. The last finish is amazing. But I, I'm more impressed by the second goal because I think that's like a lesson like of how you, how you should counter attack. Ben Rahmas just gets the ball, waits for Bowen to run, and then he gives him a precise pass, and Bowen controls it and then scores that amazing goal. I think it's 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 fantastic. But the problem as well, let's talk about it. Defensively, they were so bad. I think if you Brighton. had yeah Brighton, if they were a little bit better, that second goal should have been shouldn't have been scored. Like the, the fact that you're giving Bowen that freedom to just control it and you're just watching him, I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Webster was horrible. Webster and Dunk basically did not defend. I, I'm surprised that Brighton is a team like this that barely has like any good center backs. I don't really know what they're doing. I don't think that's what contributed a little bit to the situation. The, 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 the commentator at BN were saying that West Ham basically played with 12 players because Webster was playing with them. It is a bit interesting because we focus on the style of play of Brighton that is so nice to watch. They're so smooth. They're tactically really smart. And they could have won the game. But at the Easily. same but at the same time, maybe people just kind of gloss over their defensive problems mm-hmm, because they're mm-hmm. so impressive. And they are also a possession team. Mm-hmm. They like to play a they certain like way. Right. No, but but I mean they're more fun to watch <laughs> than Spain. At least Spain right they're, now. They're a fun possession team. Yeah, exactly. And so it kind of cover a lot of the weaknesses they have defensively, and West Ham really exploited it. Uh maybe this is the confidence that some of these West Ham players need. To, yeah, to have yeah, a better season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this Ward Prowse, can we so just good. talk about him? So good, man. James Ward Prowse, who sounds like a rich English aristocrat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great investment. And it's so, he, I think, is so important to bolster the counterattacking ability, along with Antonio and Bowen. He's very good at it. He's, he's, yeah. you know, he gives you the right passes. Oh, yeah. So good. I mean, the first goal was his, and he, Gaves, and not even just looking at his assist numbers, I just think along with Antonio, Bowen, Paqueta up there. It's, it's also, Ben Rahma is annoying most of the time, but you, this is, this is these, these West Ham players. They're not consistent, but you never know what they will do, right? Counter-attack, he won't do anything the whole game, but you just give him three chances and he might score from them. But, but, but last season, they didn't inspire this kind of confidence yeah, but now when they I were think, counter-attack. Yeah, I, think, I think this is very Something good for... has clicked in mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. in that, for some reason, they, they were, they're so much more efficient than they were last season. I mean, even against Chelsea, right? I, I thought they're, that they were, they were a lot more poised. They didn't freak out when they had the counter-attack opportunity. They had beautiful finishes, again, from Antonio... James Ward-Prowse with the two assists. Even this Alvarez guy is really good. The the new guy they just mm, got. Yes. So when 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 Alvarez and Ward-Prowse were subbed, you can see the difference. And now they just bought that guy, <laughs> Mohamed Kudus. I, honestly, if they get in the series as well with the set pieces, they could be phenomenal. Because this, this, that's, what, that's what I said before. You don't have to play amazing football. You don't have to be so artistic. You just need to score goals. Defend, defend, defend. And then set pieces and counter-attack, just be good at them, and then that's it. That's all you need to do. And honestly, I think this is... I didn't expect West Ham to be this good, so good for them. And I, I'm rooting for West Ham, not just because Agard played there, plays there, but they have been playing well. So you, you, I feel like we're starting to appreciate more and more the, like defense. 
Like from what Morocco did in the World Cup, from a lot of these teams were like defensive defense, teams. Yeah, I mean, defensive there, teams there is, are good to watch. There is a bias towards possession teams being quote unquote the better team. Right? But now it's like almost a negative thing. If you just possess, have a lot of possession without scoring, like everyone thinks, like w- what's the point, anyways? So quickly to touch on Chelsea, since we mentioned their game against West Ham. So they played at home versus Luton and scored three goals. So it was a brace for Sterling, and he had an assist, and Nicholas Jackson, who scores his first goal for Chelsea. This is the first time that they've been in the top 10 in the Premier League, and their first home win since March, mm-hmm. which is, you know... I think they're going to have a good year, honestly. I mean, you after investing $800 million, you're bound to have a few good players, right? Well, pretty I mean, much, it's, yeah. You're just like throwing something on in, the wall. In total, it's been a couple, several billion now. Yeah, I think, I think it's just... Todd Bowley has, has I think come it's in. one billion. One or something. Anyways, that's over a billion. At you least. could really see the importance of Enzo in the midfield now. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's really settling into that role. The first goal was very nice. Sterling kind of cut through the def- defense quite a bit. The goals, the second and third goal were quite similar. I'm not sure Caicedo made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe he needs some time like Enzo did. Sterling is a very interesting case. I do feel like, especially towards the end with Pep, he was just out of it maybe mentally he wasn't there he needed to change maybe that's why he left but when he was playing well with pep he was a good player he had at least he had games that were good and you could tell with sterling he's one of those players and a lot of barcelona players are like this they overthink a lot Mm -hmm. so when they get the ball they don't know what to do with it Mm -hmm. so you Mm -hmm. feel like they're delaying and grealish does this sometimes Mm -hmm. too they delay delay, they don't know who to pass to they don't know who to pass and they overthink and then they dribble and then they lose the ball then again it's like not easy to be creative as you said as a winger like, you need to find solutions. There's two pe- two players in front of you, or at least no, one. No, I understand. That's what I said. I was like, I would never play a winger. Yeah, a winger is not easy, because, like, people... Like, there's not much you could do. It's just you and the other person. It's I agree. Skills. I agree. It is a skill, right? But there are... I think there are wingers that maybe think a little less. Vinicius Jr. doesn't think that much. I think he goes on... Mm-hmm. He just goes. And he got better, honestly. As, you, yeah. as we said before, coaches that, that came to Real Madrid improved him massively mm-hmm. he, he's no he's not the same player that i've watched when he first started in madrid he's a completely different player but this but chelsea fans like come on you gotta fucking calm yeah, down. They need to calm down like oh nicholas jackson's gonna is sterling gonna win the ballon d'or yeah. they're gonna win the league uh like dude people people were being so sarcastic like saying oh yeah like you're playing against the giants luton town at home like it is really pretty funny how quickly things can escalate for them, how they're in the depths of despair. Having just lost against West Ham. Right, depths of despair, and suddenly you win against the barely promoted team Luton Town uh, at home, at Stamford Bridge, and suddenly you have all this confidence that you're going to win the league. Let's let's wait for Liverpool... Uh, Man City. Let's wait for all these games. Yeah, so let's let's calm down a bit. Your your real tests are yet to come. Mm -hmm. United played Forest yesterday at home at at, uh, Old Trafford. And it was a lot of goals. Goals galore in this game. 3-2. I got to give it to Forest in those two opening goals in the first five minutes or so. They really took advantage of their chances. They made them count when they did. The first one, Rashford, people, a lot of people blame him for not tracking back enough, trying harder to defend against the goal. So this is my question, right? Is, it, is that really a winger's role? Like, I mm. believe it's more on the manager to tell, mu- tell you how much no, you, you should run and defend. You definitely need to track back. If you're a winger, no, I understand, you're very important but, defensively. But there are 
there's variation in how much wingers defend based on the team, based on the player. Yeah, but right? that has a massive impact on the performance of the team and how much they concede. No, I agree, but I also think it's partially on Ten Hag. Because you 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 need to tell him, hey, like, yeah, yeah, hey, Rashford, sure. you yeah. need to be going back more because you're not defending. I, mean, I don't know if he told him or he didn't tell him. No, but that's what I'm just saying. Like, yeah. if if you see that as a problem or a potential flaw, then you should be going in and making sure that they do. Mm-hmm. As much as I shit on Grealish sometimes for not, he defends. Yeah, no, no, I agree, I agree. He that's really all, defends. All the good teams that really and we that just are talked about Paqueta. Yeah, exactly. Paqueta is a beast defensively. You need the whole team needs to defend now. You can't just be like uh, the wingers just sit, sitting around not doing anything. I also really was really harsh with with Bruno Fernandez last time, but he was crucial in this game. Yeah, he is he's, that, he's good. He's good. He's he, just he just we expect so much from him. Exactly. United would not have been able to come back without him. He mm-hmm. also scores that last penalty, which you know. It's like he gives you that. That energy that you need, that toxic masculinity energy, or whatever you call it. You know how like people in football love talking about the the stabilizing factor. He's a destabilizing. He is a destabilizing factor. And you know, if I'm gonna point to one thing that City doesn't have, it's that. That's true. Yeah. Who is it? Before it was Kevin De Bruyne, but the last season or so, he hasn't really fully delivered on that front. And and for Arsenal was Shaka. Yeah, I mean Odegaard sometimes, but yeah, yeah. Odegaard and, and Saka. So, but overall, I don't think United looks... They don't look promising, to say the least. I don't know. People are not very happy with the performance. Forest was not great, right? Like, it's not an amazing team. No, that it's, it's not. not. And you're playing at home. Yeah, it's not Aston Villa. It's, it's basically a one-sided game where, like, if you just fuck up or you make a mistake, they were good enough to score. And they were good enough to surprise uh, United. But United does not look good. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we could talk about the Amrabat thing. Uh, Mount, he's not playing, obviously, but and he hasn't. And anyways, even when he played, he didn't do much. Like it's kind of like the United of last but this, year. But this transfer window just didn't make sense, right? Like, why did you have to go and replace De Gea? That, that doesn't. Yeah, that I didn't make understand. sense. It, I understand. It wasn't the problem. Onana was the talk of the town with his performance in the you know Champions League and all that stuff, and maybe in Syria as well. But why did you spend fifty? Was it fifty million or so to yeah, get Onana? Like, it's the first thing we gotta do. Replace. Right. But to be fair, maybe they actually because he was paid so much money, like he was paid like twenty four, twenty five million. Maybe they actually saved some money with him. Was okay. Yeah, Perhaps, I, I think yes. I think it's it's probably the fact that when they they were renegotiating, he wanted like a crazy but salary, the problem, and they're the, like, but the, no. But the, he already accepted a lower salary. But United yeah, but came back to lower? to lower even more. Uh, yeah. But but you see, this is the problem, right? Because I don't think United has a problem paying. It's not like Barcelona. They don't have a problem paying their players. Yeah, but it has to make sense financially. I under I understand that, but you still need to win games. I agree. I agree. That but clearly I, wasn't on the because it, why did they not get another defensive defensive midfielder when they clearly need one? Yeah, Everyone watching their dude, game, right. it's so obvious, right? Because Th- I completely agree. I completely agree. Like Casemiro, you can tell. First of all, he's getting a little older, so he's not maybe as sharp as he used to be, and you can tell that he's getting he's very isolated in that role. There's no one there to help him. Everyone is talking about this. Yeah. Everyone. And so okay, let, let's talk about transfer news. So Sofia Amrabat said basically no news on his transfer. A poor guy selling in limbo. Fabrizio Romano said, and I quote, Sofian Amrabat has not been called up for Fiorentina game. As revealed earlier today, Amrabat's no longer uh, going to play or train with the first team of Fiorentina until his transfer situation gets revolved. resolved. And apparently, he, he even Fabrizio Romano said it, he's been waiting for United since June. 
which it's, is do, fucking ridiculous. I do believe it's his choice not to play or not to train. Because yeah, yeah, because he, he just, just want wants to force thing. Yeah. yeah, he wants everyone to know, I want to leave, so come and buy me. Apparently, his price was slashed to 21 million pounds. So I really don't understand what United is doing. They just need to be clear whether they want to... Like, I think he's, he's a seal at 21 million, not just because he's Moroccan. Everyone is saying it. Everyone in the comments are saying, what the fuck are you waiting for? I think for? all fans, regardless, all United fans want Amrabat to happen. The other signings don't make as much sense as Amrabat in terms of priority, right? Yeah, and now they're saying Manchester United is trying to sign Marco Correra on potential loan from Chelsea. As well, no as, as, well as Marcos Alonso. Okay, yeah. And so, Marcos Alonso, we all know he sucks. And Cucurella, reminder, his move costs more than 60 million pounds from uh, Brighton to Chelsea. And he has not delivered in Chelsea. He has not done anything. I, so I really don't understand what they're trying to do. I the, the whole dragging their feet on this deal, especially with Amrabat, just doesn't make any sense. I really want to... I think it's I think it's the owners. I think it's Ten Hag. I, re, I don't understand why it's so difficult for them. And it's not like they went on some crazy buying spree where they already spent so min, millions and millions. Because their excuse is always we need to offload more players. Yeah. But they were like, oh, but they offloaded the threat. They're like, oh, they, they've already done a few. It's like, oh, but they haven't get, gotten rid of McTominay. It's like an endless thing. They are never going to be able to buy the players that they need, it's that they just, actually need. It's just frustrating. Uh, on West Ham, good for them. They signed Mohamed Kudus, who is 23 years old from Ajax, so really young. Uh, great signing. Contract until 2028, which will be signed this Sunday, so today. The fee was apparently 44.5 million euros, including add-ons. And Chelsea apparently tried to poke him last minute. Thank you, Mohamed Kudus, for being smart enough to ignore them. They're like fucking vultures. They just wait for another team to try to sign someone. And they just go and like, we're going to give you more money. We're going to pay your, your team more money. And so come to us. It's just ridiculous. But good for him for going to West Ham. I think West Ham's going to look much better with him. The last thing I wanted to mention is that apparently Roma is negotiating with Lukaku to come. And he needs to obviously reduce his salary. But I think he would fit in quite well with uh, Mourinho. So. Chelsea fans want to erect a statue of Jose Mourinho because, because he just saves do. their ass. He was their yeah. star manager. And now they're going to take Lukaku from their hands. It's like it's they have this. Like Think about it. Which country has a toxic relationship like this with players? that just wants certain players to leave and these players, nobody wants to take them and they struggle so much to leave. I can only think of one club. Everyone just leaves normally. Yeah, you're not doing so well, maybe you should leave. Apart from Dest, maybe. Okay, Dest with Barcelona, he was not great. He's, it's Coman uh, who Bar brought him. Barcelona is a terrible example. Yeah, but they're also like, kind of like Chelsea. Yeah, I can only think of Chelsea and Barcelona. No, but it's for a different reason. I think the financial problems Barcelona has had has created a lot of issues for players. Chelsea, it's not just that. There's a lot of other things going it's on It's just Chelsea, toxic. Right? It's just toxic. I don't know. I, I'm just extremely... Like, I feel bad for anyone who plays for Chelsea. And that's why I, I don't think anyone should go to Chelsea. There's so many other better teams. Yeah, speaking of Chelsea, I want to talk about City really quickly. Jeremy Doku is their new signing for 65 million euros. They think that he's going to bring a lot of edge on the wing just because Mahrez is no longer there. So they need someone there to... I'm not sure if he's going to be starting every game, but at least he's going to be mm -hmm. a, sub a good substitute. I'm not quite sure I see the full potential there yet because he's not that reliable. He, he has good dribbling ability, but I'm not sure. He's still also very young, so I, I have I'll wait to see. I think the more important news is that Bernardo Silva renewed his contract until 2026. He apparently rejected a seven million, 75 million sorry, per year salary from Al-Hilal mm -hmm. to, to extend his salary. Mm -hmm. So 
honestly, I'm more happy about that. I mean, he he has a few years. Maybe he can go after. <laughs> Saudi's gonna be there. That's true. Maybe at that point, salaries will be lower because you gotta be like you gotta take advantage of the first uh, first the mover. The first mover advantage. Yeah. Laporte though did officially move to Anasad for. Th- uh, 30 million euro package uh, and he's on a 25 million euro salary Massive, per year huge salary he made, he made his first about uh, he made his debut the other day and they won 5 no. so good for them uh, and all this talk about Salah to Al Itihad Salah don't go it's it's they don't need Salah in that team he's that their team, ultimate get yeah I, I don't right? know why like you have Benzema and you have that Moroccan guy who already scores a lot he's the top scorer this year he was last year they already have nine points Dude, why do you need Salah? Why? Like, you don't need it. Just don't spend the money now. I don't understand. Like, it's just... At some point, it needs to make sense. I understand getting stars, but it needs to make sense at some point. It doesn't make sense. So, I don't know. It, that's what I said, right? It's like it's like Piff is just pulling teams yeah, out me, of the Yeah, let me just... Okay, randomly. you know what? It's like some random uh, frivolous billionaire who's just saying, oh, I like this guy. Let me buy him. Right. And I, I, let, which team should I put him in? Oh, let me just so, pull out one. You of know the what my what I tell my what my parents say is basically everyone who goes to Hajj is basically subsidizing Piff, subsidizing all these players. So that's hilarious. It is because that's what's happening, right? Where are they getting all that money, right? Is they getting it from oil and well, Hajj? Well, well, yeah, both. Yeah, so but, but it's, it's it's they're like it's fine. Let's just just pay this guy twenty five million. We're sure that we're gonna get a bunch of people coming to do, to Mecca next year. So that's absolutely fine. It's it's ridiculous, but we've talked about this again and again, but it's fine. I don't think they should get him. They already have really good players. Uh, moving on, I want to mention quickly about uh, Yamin or Lemin Yamel. I always get confused. So he's the newest fo- football sensation. Everyone's talking about him. The guy's already worth $25 million on transfer market, and he's only 16 years old. And if maybe like two months or not even two months, uh, in the previous game against Cadiz, uh, Lemin Yamal also became the youngest player to start in La Liga in the 21st century. So good for him. I mean, I think also there's a factor of Barcelona trying to market themselves as having amazing players. There is definitely like a marketing scheme right there. You mean ac- ac- academy players? Yeah, academy players. And we like have this, we broke this record. They always love doing that. He's a Barcelona player from the school La Masia, born in 2007 to a Moroccan father and Equatorial Guinean mother. Uh, Equatorial Guinean mother. So you sound he sound like a Wikipedia right now. Oh, I do. Really, really. <laughs> I'm just joking because you're like born to a Moroccan father. No, and no, no. Equatorial Guinean mother. Yeah, but mother. I'm I'm actually saying it because we want to talk about his the teams that he. I would have like his dad's Moroccan and his mom's from Equatorial Guinea. Yeah, well, it's it's just the way you express it. <laughs> okay. It's fine. So he could theoretically play for three countries. So both Spain and Morocco are super keen to uh, have him join the national team. Uh, he's already played with Spain national team under 15, under 16, under 17, under 19. So the whole drama started last week when he was spotted with meeting with Spain staff in Barcelona and a number of Spanish papers, including AS and Marca, said that Spain manager Luis de la Fuente will call Yamin or Lemin Yamal to play for um, to play with Spain in their next uh, next senior games. So at the senior level against Georgia and Cyprus, uh, I mean. And everyone's like, oh, what, what, what's, what's happening? Did he actually choose? So we don't know yet. So it's like this. Did he choose Spain or not? Or is he going to choose uh, uh, Morocco? So the head of the Moroccan Federation, Fauzi Lakja, had already invited Yamin Leman, his father, to the Federation, I think, a few months ago. So they came all the way to Morocco. His dad, he, he was seen, his dad was seen wearing the Moroccan shirts uh, multiple times. So there's this whole drama of how uh, Lamin Yamal and uh, Spain 
and Morocco, like, and which team he's going to play with. But the whole point, why I'm bringing this up, is that Spain is trying to get him because they want to make sure that he's going to be with them, right? They want to lock him in. So if he plays with them three games, then that's it. He's going to be part of the national team and he can't switch. So... Because there's no rush for him to play in the senior team. Just let him get ready. Why do you need a 16-year-old player to play with you? And you already you, you have all these amazing, amazing players. And, and, and I mean, another, it's, not, it's not a great look. It's if, not a great if look. If you're trying so to push another Mura, like another like kind of like gossip is that this this restaurant owner posted the picture, uh, the restaurant of him with Walid, and there was the same background behind them. And also he posted a similar picture with him and Lamine Yamal. Same background, but there was no picture of the three of them. Mm. So, okay, are they doing it on purpose? Oh, maybe he's meeting Waheed Ragragi, the Moroccan coach. So what's happening? Anyways, it's all, it's all confusing. But I wanted to talk about this to bring up this uh, FIFA uh, rule. So in 2020, FIFA approved a new rule for national teams. Players can switch uh, national teams if they have played no more than three competitive matches at a senior level pr- prior to 21. Prior to turning 21. So... Uh, one player that did this is actually Declan Rice, and I didn't know that. Mm. So he used to he played for Republic of Ireland and then switched oh, okay. to go to England. So these appearances, to be exact, uh, if if you play in the World Cup final or a continental final, you can't switch. There's, this doesn't apply anymore. So it has to be kind of like a knockout or like a before the the finals. So and I told you this this was introduced because this Moroccan player Munir Haddad he was also in La Masia and he was apparently pretty good at that point uh, was called by Vicente del Bosque and uh, he only played 13 when he was 19 and he only played 13 minutes in a game and then he was never called after that Vicente del Bosque is the, the coach sp- the, the, the Spanish, Spanish yeah the former famous Spanish coach so after playing 13 minutes of that game he was never called again so he was stayed in limbo didn't know what to do he was not playing for the Moroccan team and he was not playing for the Spanish team he's, his father's Moroccan as well so then the Moroccan Federation and uh, Munir Haddadi went to FIFA appealed and that's why they have this rule so I just feel like it's really petty from um from Spain to be doing this. And also, I don't know how good Lamine Yamal is, to be completely honest. Right? People say that he's the next Messi and all of that. I have no idea. He just provided an assist to Gabi. Oh, he did? Okay. I, I don't know. Maybe he is that good. I, I still want to see. the fact. That's what I'm saying. I think the fact that he's starting consistently last game, the previous game, and this game is also a marketing scheme. Barcelona loves having this image. That they have these youngest players and they have all this stuff. I mean, they did because a lot they, of this shit with Gabi. With Gabi, exactly. That's what I'm going to say. Pedri is amazing, but Gabi and they love saying that their school is amazing. And their school produces. is amazing. It is. But, but I do I think it's a desperate look if you're relying so heavily on a 16-year-old to be that, quote-unquote, again, destabilizing factor, mm-hmm. right? I agree. I agree. It's like, just Both not, for Spain and for, for, for Barcelona. Dude, do you not have good enough senior players? Yeah. This is like you oh, Spain. You, you don't have enough of them to bring them on that you need a 16 year old to come who doesn't even have that much experience as a substitute and, great that's and fine and you're fucking putting pressure on a 16 year old now he has to make a decision no I'm meeting this I'm doing that like yeah, but but at the same time, if you're a 16 year old and all this is happening, guess who's making the decision? It's your parents. Yeah, it's not you. Mm-hmm. What do you know at 16 years old? Yeah, and plus, you're not even a legal adult yet. And so a lot of these things. And plus, people change. Even at 21 years old, you're still relatively young. We can talk all about the prefrontal cortex not being developed until you're 25. I generally think that it's it's just really difficult to make 
a, such a young kid make mm-hmm. a decision with all this pressure, all this media yeah, coverage. And there's, and there's no rush. Like, that's why Morocco didn't even go for him, like, actively. It was more Spain that was like, let's fucking I lock mean, him up. Now they're on the offensive. And so mm-hmm. they're pushed mm-hmm. into this position because maybe Morocco feels threatened unless they do something. He should just say no. Yamin Lamal should just say, I don't want to participate in the just coming defer games. defer the, the decision Exactly. A bit. Defer it. I want to keep playing for the under-19 Spain team, yeah. Spanish team, and that's it. And, like, I'm going to decide later when I'm 19. There's no pressure. Yeah. So, it is unfortunate. Uh, and I do want to talk about the Luis Rubiales story. Oh, my God. Because there's been a lot going on. And I don't feel like, since we did talk a lot about the Women's World Cup... It wouldn't be right unless we talked about it. So he refuses to resign as the head of the Spanish Federation after kissing midfielder Jenny Hermoso on the mouth. And she afterwards in an Instagram live says she didn't like it, but there was not much she could do about it. Right. Um, he she, kind she, of, it was said in a jokingly manner. Right, exactly. So he kind of apologized, but there was a lot of calls for his resignation. Even the Spanish prime minister came out speaking against him, saying his apologies were not enough, and what he did was not appropriate and not acceptable. The whole world against one person, and he's still not. Well, actually, maybe resign. not. Maybe not the whole world. Maybe not the women's coach and everything. But so, basically, during the Spanish FA meeting, he shouted repeatedly, "I will not resign." And actually, it got some applause from the public. I know, I know, I saw that. Which is pretty embarrassing. And he at, looks obnoxious, that coach. Yeah, that, and that coach. at this meeting, he publicly offered this coach a new four-year contract worth 2 million euros after all this controversy with the coach. You know, the, that all those players signed a petition against Vilda. They didn't even play in this World Cup because they didn't want to be associated with this coach. Nothing concrete has come out against him, like actually maybe sexual harassment or nothing like that. But he just seems like the a coach. shady guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he just he seems like a really seems shady like a guy. Very shady guy yeah. So he says, Rubiales, the Spanish Federation head, Jenny was the one who lifted me up and brought me closer to her body. And... Do- yeah. No. And I said to her a little bit and she said, okay, it was a spontaneous kiss, euphoric and consensual. I will fight until the end. So what? he claims that she was the one who instigated it. Hermoso then releases a statement saying she did not consent. It didn't look, it didn't look like that to us. He lifted I mean, her. He, he lifted her. her. We saw, we, I, we watched it live. Like, I'm sorry, she is an athlete, but she ain't lifting you up. Yeah. This is ridiculous. And then the Spanish Football Federation then accuses Jenny Hermoso of lying about this no. kiss. And is saying it's taking legal action against that her. That is crazy. Oh my God. Like, it's something so obvious that, like, he shouldn't have done that. And we're having all these back and forth discussions yeah, about Yeah, and so apparently he did something similar to Martinez after the World Cup where he grabbed his private parts and like did all that stuff. I mean, okay, Martinez, he's a fucking goalie, you know. But this is the fucking he, head he of the FA. To, yeah. to Emmy Martinez? No, a- after the woman won the World Cup, he grabbed his own like... Oh, In a show of like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, his balls basically. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like... The really, is, the fuck is up with this guy? Really shameful, pathetic, victim-blaming behavior, and it's so sad, right? Because you took all the attention away from the women weren't fucking the, 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 winning the World the, Cup. The problem is, I think he's also vice chair of the vice president of the of UFA, FIFA of the UFA. Oh, of UEFA. So it's it's a big issue. So you can't have someone this senior doing this. But don't you think, like, they won the World Cup, which is a great feat, and now everyone's just focusing on him. Mm-hmm. He took all the attention mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. such an amazing event for them. He's like, and such no, an, I'm not going to resign. I'm yeah, not, he, could, he, sh- he could have just resigned and So he shouted ended repeatedly. And so the entire women's team now, and a few men's players like Marcus Alonso, which and Borja Iglesias, who both don't even play that much for Spain, but they refuse to 
play until he resigns. Basically, even even David De Gea said something. A lot of people said yeah. stuff. Even uh, yesterday, you know Sevilla. What, you what see, see Acabo. Yeah. They were, you know what? Uh, you should get the whole Barcelona team to go on strike because if they do, then that's it. They lost like half their team. But how powerful is this guy that everyone seems to be against him, other than the people who are applauding, obviously. But finally, FIFA suspends Rubiales from all football activities nationally and internationally for an initial period of 90 days pending disciplinary procedure. So it just seems like there is this concerted effort within the Spanish Federation to mm, really to protect him. this guy. Mm. And maybe this protection protect cannot him. last or endure beyond Spain, perhaps, because FIFA is the one who actually suspended him. But the fact that the Spanish Football Federation wanted to take legal action against Journey Hermoso for lying, that's apparently... Fucked up. That's, that's really fucked ridiculous. Up. I don't understand. All right, so just think about... Like all the Me Too movement and all this stuff, look at how in this example, we, everyone saw it in live television, but we're still having struggling to get the guy out. It's, so what are this in in which crazy. in the other situation where we don't even see the abuse or the sexual assault? I know, yeah, right, it's it's crazy. This is this is in plain sight, millions of, of people around the world watching. We all thought it was weird. We watched it live and it was like, what the fuck is happening? And it took a while for everyone to comment on it, but we watched it live and I was very weirded out. Like he was already too excited kissing players. And, and then when he got to kissing her on the lips, I'm like, this is definitely off. This does not make yeah, sense. Yeah, I know. But it is rare to see this kind of disgusting behavior. Of though. course. Like I've, we've watched celebrations the whole time. I've never, does he kiss boys on their lips? No, no, no. It's more that the consequence what came after that was even more yeah, disgusting yeah yeah I, right? I didn't expect that because if you just if you did that and it was sexual harassment apologize resign whatever mm. it is right and don't have all these people trying to protect you from it like there is some concerted effort there to control because the applause, he has like, the applause is really yeah there was applause I mean it wasn't a standing ovation yeah but there was applause but I think it applause multiple times like he would say some a speech yeah and I will then not applause. resign clap 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 I will not resign clap clap I, who is clap <laughs> what and it's you, like, it's do, like a politician. Do you realize this, te this is televised? I know, I know. Like, it's not behind closed doors. This is televised and you're still clapping. Anyway, I really hope FIFA is able to resolve this issue and that this guy is never allowed back in football because I'm sorry, this is really despicable behavior and it's really disappointing. So I agree. Yeah. On that note, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening from. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye.